are listening to the Christian Bookworm Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I show up here to talk to you about all things bookish and to share fiction, nonfiction, and children's book recommendations written by and for Christians. I love reading good books, and I love helping you find good books too. Let's dive in. This is episode 63, and I'm so glad you're here. You can find the links to all the books and anything else I talk about on our show notes page, www.authorskbell.com slash p slash show notes dot html. Welcome back. Um, oops, it's been a really long time since the last episode, and I don't really have a good excuse other than just I actually thought um, that I had just done an episode, but that turned out to not be the case. So my apologies, but here I am. I am back. I didn't go anywhere. I just, I don't know what happened. I just, um, yeah, had a temporary lapse in time judgment, I guess. So, um, I trying to remember what all has happened since then. I had had that surgery and I think I talked about that plenty. Um, feeling fine, feeling good, actually feeling great, way better than I have in years, had the results I had hoped for. So that was um, really awesome. It's been, and it's been noticeable too, which is really cool. Um, So I do think I'm probably still healing internally a little bit, but um, feeling good, have my movement back, have my energy back. So there's all of that has been good. Um, Yeah. And then life has been very, very hectic for my family this last month. And so I have still been reading. So my favorite way to start my morning with some good inspiring nonfiction uh, in my Bible, I have been reading through the Psalms again. Um, That's been my focus there. And then just enjoying good Christian nonfiction. I have enjoyed some secular nonfiction as well recently. And then um, I still love to read some good engaging fiction at night, Um, but it's been a hectic season, so the nighttime reading has definitely not been happening as much as it usually does or as much as I would like. I try to read a couple chapters each night, Um, ideally, you know, three or four even, but typically it's like two. Um, but lately I have often not even been getting a full chapter in, like if it's a book with a section break in different parts of the chapter, like I often will read one little section of a chapter and then I'm done or even sometimes end up reading like half of a chapter and then just turning the page and stopping and have to pick back up the next site. And I really hate doing that. I really like the um, very clear, clear cut, clearly defined edges of a chapter being like, this is where I stop, but I just, I've been tired. It's been late. That's just how it's been. So hopefully I'll get back to reading more again soon, but um, that is what has been going on with me lately. So I got a question uh, a few months ago. I'm sorry. I thought I Again, I thought I had done an episode more recently, um, but I got a question just asking um, what I think about libraries and do I utilize them? Yes, absolutely I do, um, and I love libraries. I've been um, using libraries my whole life. I mean, I have very, very early memories of being a really little kid and um, being at the library. Actually, the Phoenix 
children's library. Um, I'm curious if anyone listening remembers the like yellow brick road inside it. I used to love walking that yellow brick road. Reminded me of, of course, the Wizard of Oz. And I remember it was like a spiral. It went. I loved that. I don't even know if that's still um, part of that library. It, I haven't been there in like 20. Oh my gosh, it's been like 25 to 30 years since I was last in that library, which is crazy to think. But um, anyway, uh, I loved it. And I loved going to like summer reading programs. Um, I've talked about those in the past. And I just enjoyed checking out books from the library. And as a school kid, I also utilized um, the school library all throughout, I mean, even in high school, I remember, you know, it was no longer, like, library wasn't a class, it was fully optional, and I loved it, and I utilized it, and I remember somebody, I, you know, I was like, oh, I have to return a library book, and someone was like, we have a library, or like, you, you use the library, <laughs> something like that, and I was, I was stunned, you know, um, and uh, now I have kids, and I've, you know, introduced them to the wonders of the library, so, um, we've moved a lot. Uh, we've lived in many states and especially in many towns in those states. And I have therefore utilized quite a few different libraries. I do have favorites. I do have, um, yeah. And I, what I really love is when a library is a part of a network and you can just simply easily borrow books that are from any other libraries in that network. And they just have a day where they swap and you get those books. And I really love that. Um, it makes your, like, whatever is in your library, it's like doubled or tripled or even more, depending on how many libraries are in the network or how big the, the other libraries are that are part of it. Um, the main thing that my family borrows from the library is books, of course. Too many books. I am often truthfully a little bit overwhelmed by how many library books I have checked out or we have checked out at one time and I often have to say all right we're gonna have to choose which are your favorites that you especially want because we can't have this many out right now I'm overwhelmed <laughs> but um, we do also utilize uh, their DVDs um, we don't have we don't have cable, we don't have satellite, we don't actually have internet in our home so any type of streaming at all Netflix, Pure Flix, Hulu, any of them. We don't have any of that. So when we watch a movie or when we watch a TV show, 100% of the time we are watching it via DVD, which um, I feel like a Martian when I share that. People are always like, what? It's very uh, countercultural now, I guess. But it works for us, and it has worked for us all along, and it's still working for us. I do uh, sometimes wish that we had pure flicks, um, but I don't want internet in the house. I think it's too much of a distraction. It's a whole big thing. So we don't have it at this point. Um, we do the library's DVDs and it's worked out wonderfully for us. Um, we do also borrow video games sometimes and board games. So then this is where, okay, so, um, and CDs, we do borrow CDs, just not all that often. And then, then then we get into the extra stuff. So different libraries we've had in the past have had different things. Often they'll have a library of things and often they will have like kits, like STEAM and STEM kits. 
So what that means, by the way, STEAM uh, is, well, STEM is science, technology, engineering, math, and then the A added in for STEAM is art. And so it's just focusing on those things. So these are kits for kids. There's like building kits and science experiments kits and all kinds of things like that. So we have definitely borrowed those many times in the past. We have also borrowed, um, yeah, board games we've borrowed. And then uh, very random things as well. Um, I did borrow podcasting equipment from my library once or from a library once. I have borrowed... Um, internet hotspot once, um, all kinds of things. I can't even think of all the things, but I've seen other libraries have, um, yeah, all kinds of technological equipment that you can borrow. Um, sometimes they'll have a lot of different cooking things, um, like crock pot. I've seen one library had a crock pot. Oh, we borrowed a ukulele once. You can borrow musical instruments sometimes. I mean, different libraries have different things, but, um, yeah, there's lots of items, cake pans, like all kinds of things that you can borrow um, from a lot of libraries these days. I'm sure not all of them have the exact same funding, of course. Um, and then also programs and at clubs and activities, you know, there's all kinds of things like that. Um, uh, trying to think just through all the libraries we've been to, there's, I mean, of course, story time is kind of a given. Um, some of them have homeschool groups. Um, book clubs, and some of these are for kids, some are for teens, some are for adults, but I've seen all kinds of it. Trivia night, I've seen. Um, I've seen a Zumba class or like other types of exercise classes. Um, mommy and me play groups. Um, different, and then also just classes that are like a one-time thing. I mean, I've taught writing classes in libraries. Um, but I've also attended classes. I mean, you can learn how to like can your own fruits and vegetables and you can learn how to do certain things on the computer and you can learn. I mean, we did like a bird watching seminar thing once because one of my kids was interested in it. And there's so many things like that um, that are free, completely free and not just free, but you've actually already paid for them through your tax dollars. So I encourage you to um, check it out. I think for some reason, uh, a lot of bookworms, even though they are bookworms and avid readers are not, uh, always even thinking about the library. Um, but along with being able to read books that you don't necessarily want to purchase for free, you also can take advantage of so many other programs and opportunities and your tax dollars already went to paying for them. So I think also, that using libraries is a good way to keep libraries around. If people aren't using them, then tax dollars are not going to um, go towards having them anymore. And I can tell you, like, I see a lot of teenagers and tweens hanging out in libraries. Not a whole lot, but I do see some. And it always makes me happy. Sometimes they're kind of rambunctious, you know, like they'll be playing a video game as a group or, you know, just goofing off. And that's okay. That doesn't bother me because I would so much rather them be in the library making good decisions rather than all the so many options that they have elsewhere in town. Um, so that's how I feel about them. I also do utilize Libby, the library app for, um, or the electronic app 
the e-reader and audiobook app. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I do utilize Libby. I do like to listen to audiobooks using that. And again, like they are all completely free. The app is free. The books are free. Um, so if you are not currently utilizing your library, I encourage you to um, check it out and see what all they have to offer and, um, you know, borrow a book. Okay, books, books, books. I have some good ones to talk to you about today. You know, fun fact, I actually really don't enjoy recording podcast episodes. Um, it's awkward and uncomfortable for me. I, I often feel like, does anyone actually care? And and I know that that's silly, but I do. I'm like, why am I doing that? You know, I'll feel like that. And then also I'm very introverted and I process things inside my head. So trying to verbalize them as I go is difficult and awkward. And then it makes me pause and sit there processing in my mind. And so what comes out is the ums and the uhs uh, and it's, I don't know, it's just awkward and uncomfortable. But what I do enjoy is after an episode is out and I get emails from you guys that are like, oh, I read that book or that I have that book on my shelf or um, I read something else by that author and I hated it and I never want to read another thing by them or if you liked that, you should try this book. It's about this thing. I, I always love those emails. So I, I do have friends and family members who are bookworms, quite a lot of them, um, and it's wonderful. And it's so nice to talk books and especially just general bookish talk with them. But I don't have a ton of friends and family members who read the same types of books that I read. So it's always nice when I hear from you guys and you do read those kinds of books and then we can discuss it. I think it's a lot of fun. Okay, so um, let's start with fiction. I read a book that I've had on my shelf for a little bit here, The Witnesses by Robert Whitlow. So I did talk about this author. I have never read him before, but I talked about him on that episode. If you liked that, try this, or it's called something like that. And I shared that if you were a fan of John Grisham books, that you should try Robert Whitlow. So I did used to be a fan of John Grisham. Um, I never really like stopped liking his books. I just, as my reading taste changed, you know, you go through seasons, like all you want to read is historical fiction and then all you want to read is suspense or all you, you know, just things change. Or even within, you know, let's say you're a big historical fiction reader. I feel like sometimes it's like, Ugh, I just don't want to read anything about the Civil War. I'm tired of that. I've read too much of it or things like that. So um, I just sort of grew out of that stage and I never really disliked it. I just, you know, moved on to other things. So I was curious um, to see if I would, you know, feel like, yeah, I'm still not into this or if I would feel like it took me back and got me excited about it again. And the latter uh, proved to be true. I'm actually really excited to read more books by this author. And I feel like this one specifically, The Witnesses, was a perfect segue back into um, reading those books because this one, I didn't expect, I expected it to just be like a traditional, you know, 
here's this court case and here's like like what I assume a lot of his other work is. But this one was, I wouldn't call it a time slip, but it was full of flashbacks. So it felt a bit like a time slip. And as you know, I do like time slips. And it was, um, the, the flashbacks were World War II. And so that was really perfect because I do really love World War II fiction, especially time slips. And I just felt like it was an overall perfect way to like gently ease myself back into it. I was definitely feeling excited about lawyer stories again. Um, I also wanted to say that I did feel like this would be a great book for guys. Um, I assumed that his other books likely would be as well. And so I'm still, especially now, assuming that that's the case. But this one in particular... Um, I do feel like would be a good book to hand to a guy who wants to read Christian fiction and feels like there's not much out there for him. And I, I, I guess that's the only one really I'll tell you about. I've also been reading some Karen Kingsbury, um, mostly the Baxter family books. So I have finished above the line. Um, that particular series, I think it's the third series uh in the Baxter family like saga I guess you'd say um that one is about people making a movie um called Unlocked and in those books you know it's called Unlocked and it's based on this best-selling book that some author has written um some other author has written but then Karen Kingsbury was really excited about that particular story and so she ended up actually writing the book and creating Unlocked as well so I did pause between the last one and then the start of the next series and I read Unlocked because I thought that would be a good time to read it um I don't feel like it necessarily added to or detracted from the story or anything but I have a goal to <laughs> get to the Baxter Family Christmas book by Christmas. Um, and so I now kind of wish that I hadn't read it just because I have moved into a season that has me slowing down a lot. And um, I am a little bit nervous I'm not going to end up being able to make it now that I have um, taken that time to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I... I I did like it. I, it was primarily about autism and I was very curious about the reviews because, and it is an older book, but because there were some controversial topics in there and, um, I used to work with children with autism, um, over a decade ago now it's now been over a decade since I last did that work um, and so the the world of um, autism that we used to call it the spectrum and I don't know if that is still used because what I typically hear now is the term neurodivergence um, but so much research has blown up since even just in the last decade since I was there I feel completely ignorant to the subject these days even though at one time I was incredibly knowledgeable about it um, I was very passionate about it I read lots of books about it I worked with kids I had taken classes it was 
a big part of my life for a few years. So it's interesting that we have come so far so fast that I now feel like I don't know anything. Um, because of that and also because of certain, um, like, stances, I guess I would say, um, these days. I was very curious to see the reviews, and they were somewhat mixed. Still, overall, seemed decently positive. Um, and there even were some positive reviews that were like, oh, I liked it, but I didn't really agree with this or this, you know, things like that. Um, but there were a few negative ones, people whose, you know, feelings were hurt or people who were really bothered by it. But um, anyway, for me, it wasn't even about that. It was just that now I've possibly ruined my chances of getting to the Christmas book on time, <laughs> which I really want to be able to do. Um, so anyway, I have now started the Bailey Flanagan series. So that's a four book series and I am on, I am a little over halfway through book one and I never want to give anything away, but oh my goodness, there's some, this a certain couple has this tension in there that is driving me crazy and I'm just dying to see how it's all going to pan out. And then, um, as always, there's a few characters with different things going on. I know so many of you have told me that you've already read the series, but not everyone has. So I don't want to give any specifics, but, um, I'm definitely really liking it, and I've, I, Bailey Flanagan quickly became my very favorite character, so I'm really going to be kind of sad to see this series end. I hope that we'll still see her here and there in the next Baxter Family books, but I kind of don't think so. I think this likely will be the end of my time with Bailey, so I'm I'm trying to make, you know, savor that. Um, but again, I always, um, prioritize review books. So when I am sent a review book, I have to move that to the front of the line. Um, and so I did just get a review book in the mail. And so now I'm like, really, and I have others coming. I really don't think I'm going to be able to get to that Christmas one, but I'm really excited for this one. So, um, I am about to start reading, uh, Voice of the Ancient by Connellan Cassette. So I haven't read it yet, so I'm not, um, reviewing it, although I have heard good things. Um, Stacy from Wandering, I think it's called Wandering with Books, but I think she actually changed her Instagram. I mean, not Instagram. I'm not on Instagram, her YouTube channel's title, but I haven't really been, um, watching YouTube for uh, several months. So I'll have to just link to it in the show notes, but she is a big fan of Connell and Cassette. Um, I don't read a ton of biblical fiction, but I thought this one sounded really good. So I'm excited to read it. It is book one in a series. Um, anyway, I can't speak to anything about that. I don't know if it's going to be following the same characters or if it'll be a series that's about different characters each time. I have no idea. But I do know that I'm curious and excited. So that will be my next um, my next fiction read. Okay, for nonfiction, um, I, there's a new Sally Clarkson book out. I have always been a fan of Sally Clarkson and... Um, she has a new one, Tea Time Discipleship. I don't think it's brand new, but it's pretty new. And it's like, it might be my favorite of hers yet. I don't know. I, I love all of her books so much that that's, I don't want to necessarily say that. 
but looks wise, I, oh my goodness, it's so pretty. It's full of colored photos. Um, and it's just like, there's lots of like the little details of, um, you know, tea time discipleship. So you're seeing like friends sharing a cup of tea or sharing lunch together and you're seeing like um, cozy spaces and it's just really nice. Always with her books, every time I read them, I wind up feeling so convinced I'm going to start like kind of a, like a club, you know, like a little Bible study club kind of group. And I always feel like I want to have um, older women and younger women and have us just get together and just have discipleship. But then it's like uh, during the book, I'm like making notes, like really making plans. Um, there's a piece of paper in the back of this book right now that has like um, different like passages I think that we could read together. And um, I have a menu, <laughs> like I have, I have it all planned out, but I'll never do it because I'm very introverted and I'm very much a homebody and um I really like I'm busy I'm a busy mom and I want my very little bit of time to be dedicated to my family and it just you know I just highly doubt that I'll ever actually do it but I get so inspired when I'm reading it and this time I'm feeling like well maybe maybe I'll actually do it this time we'll see we'll see what happens but um I feel like this one works for everyone, but probably more so if you're on the older end of the discipleship um, or mentorship kind of continuum. I, I personally feel like I land somewhere in the middle where I feel like I am, um, I don't know, I, it's like very like humbling to imagine discipling a young person. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I could in some ways, absolutely. Um, and I definitely do not at all have any kind of pride as far as like being discipled too. Like I love that. Um, so being somewhere in the middle of that range, I do feel like, you know, if I had tried to read this one, um, five years ago, 10 years ago, I don't know if I would have really gotten very much, not, I wouldn't have gotten nothing out of it, out of it just because of the way she writes, but I wouldn't quite have gotten as much out of it. And I also do consider like my time spent chatting with my children to be a form of discipleship. So that's part of why I also feel like I'm in the middle, even though I feel like I'm just a person who should be discipled too, but I do also feel like, but I am actively teaching my children. And so, you know, that's where I land. So anyway, I think technically anyone could enjoy it, but it's probably going to appeal more to those women who are already moving into, uh, how do you be like super polite? <laughs> um, I guess like if you're probably, I would say like your forties and older, it's probably most going to appeal to you. Or if you're like me and you adore Sally Clarkson and want to read anything she writes, you'll still like it. Okay. For children's, we're going to talk about two today. I'm going to tell you about a, 
um, young adult, and I want to tell you also about a middle grade. So I want to start with one a listener sent me. So this book is called Extraction, A Song for Emma, and this is by Christian Cross. This is a, um, like, I would call it a dystopian young adult, which is my favorite um, uh, genre. I mean, young adult is a genre in and of itself, so maybe kind of a sub-genre. Um, <laughs> I love reading young adult dystopian fiction. I don't know why. I do like other young adult novels. I like the pacing. They're fast. They're like quick reads, and they tend to be really gripping and engaging. Um, but dystopian. I, I just don't know why, but it's by and far my favorite. And I know I'm not alone in that because that's why you see uh, Divergent and the Hunger Games and things like that just totally blow up. I can actually think of several others just right off the top of my head. Um, series and standalone books, like uh, people love them or at least teenagers do. And this is not quite the same, um, like, formula, if you will, of like, anyway, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, so this one is a sibling group. So we have our, um, protagonist, our female protagonist is, um, I think she was 16. And then she has a younger brother who's like a tween and then a little sister who was, I think five years old. Um, and so they are on the run and there's a guy helping them. Um, and initially that's, we don't really quite like get, okay, so who is this guy? Like what? And, and then it turns out it's like, cause they don't really know him that well. And she, um, the oldest sister, um, Hannah, Hannah has somehow ends up seeing that guy on the news. She sees a news segment that is essentially like that guy is a kidnapper, like tricking children into going with him. And now she doesn't know who to believe or what to believe. Um, and there's a reason, um, there's something going on with Emma and there's a reason that this is all kind of a big deal. And they have to, that's, let's stop there. Let's stop there because I just don't want to give anything away, but, um, very interesting. And, um, and the author did say that actually this is book one in a series. So there will be more to come. And, um, if you like dystopian fiction, I definitely think it's one to consider. It's not super overtly Christian. Um, it's not preachy, like you're not seeing uh, a whole lot of that, although you can definitely see certain, um, not it's not like allegory, but you can see certain things like shine through. Um, so I will be curious to see as the series goes on if that, um, if it stays the same or if things become more overtly Christian throughout. I obviously can't speak to that just yet, but um, that one is Extraction, A Song for Emma by Christian Cross. And then our middle grade, uh, I am quickly finding myself becoming a really big fan of Patricia St. John. I have talked about another of her books on the show in the past. That one was um, Treasures in the Snow. 
This is The Secret of Pheasant Cottage, and I just thought it was so good. I did read a middle grade book a few years ago about, um, from the perspective of a child, um, about a person who had been in prison. And I really loved the messaging. I really loved the um, thought-provoking I don't know. I loved, I loved that it was so thought-provoking. But there were a few things in it, content-wise, that really didn't quite align with my values. Um, and I ended up waffling on it and thought, well, we could read it together and discuss those things. And I ultimately ended up just deciding not to pass that one on to my kids after all. So this one was such a joy for me to experience like that it went over those same exact themes and topics but yet with a Christian worldview and a Christian message and I really really appreciated that um I liked the relationship element I always love seeing relationships in stories I liked the relationship element between the um protagonist and her grandparents and then other later on relationships uh, and relationship dynamics that came out. And I just overall thought this was such a great book. I do think it's better for the older middle grade crowd. I would say it would be fine for, you know, 12-ish and up. Um, and I do feel like it could still be enjoyable into um, the younger teen years, uh, 14, 15, maybe even 16, um, if you're a voracious reader. I do feel like... Um, it could still be enjoyable just simply because the content, even though our protagonist is young, um, the subject matter is, is uh, older, if you will. That is our show today, Bookworms. Thank you, as always, for being here and for listening. Bookworms, I have been really thinking a lot, just I've had so much going on, and a lot of my goals I've worked hard on this year have uh, started slowing down. We're getting to the point where certain things are nearly done. Or in the case of a few, we're getting to the point where I'm recognizing that I uh, really under or overestimated time limits and things. And so sometimes, and this is the case for a few of the goals I made this year, sometimes some of my goals need to be changed and altered a little bit towards the end of the year as I realize, oh, it just wasn't actually very reasonable to assume I could do this much in this amount of time. So I wanted to encourage you to um, kind of do the same thing as we come into the autumn months. I don't know what it's like for you, but for me and for my family, things start to get a lot busier. We tend to have a lot more going on in the fall. We've, you know, just a lot starts happening and then we get Thanksgiving and then we get Christmas and then before we know it, the year has ended. And so I really wanted to make a plan for myself to finish out the year strong and to be particularly intentional, especially as we're currently in a busy season and um, have a lot going on and it's very easy to slide into autopilot during seasons like that. So that is what I am working on and that's what I want to encourage you uh, to work on a little bit as well is to just look at what you were focused on this year. What did God lay on your heart at the beginning of the year or at the end of last year for you to focus on and work on this year and to really reflect and ask yourself, you know, how have I done? 
No need to shame yourself if it hasn't been as great as you had hoped, right? Just how have I done? And then ask yourself, okay, well, what can I do better? Or what do I need to let go of? Or um, was that realistic? Maybe I need to expect something slightly smaller from myself, you know, things like that. I want to encourage you to get intentional, get reflective, and then get intentional and finish out the year with a plan and finish out the year strong. If you want to keep in touch with me between now and the next episode, you can always do that through my blog, authorskbell.com. I have not been very active on social media. It's just not my favorite thing. So I tend to not, um, not do it for a while. And that's the season we're in. Social media is like the least of my concerns with everything else I have had going on lately, but you can find me there for once I eventually resurface. (laughs) I am the Christian bookworm on YouTube. I am SK Bell on Goodreads and I am author SK Bell on Pinterest and I don't remember the password anymore. So I'll probably never get on again, but Twitter. I think that's everything. I hope you have a great day today, Bookworms, and I hope that at some point involves you curling up with a good book. See you next time.